Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast. We're calling this season Own Your Happy as we dive into practical ways to make room for happy in our hearts and in our homes. The desire for happy is in the heart of every human, and the desire for our kids to be happy is most definitely in the heart of every single mom. Together this season, we're gonna embrace the responsibility to make room for happy in our lives. And we're gonna empower our kids to embrace the responsibility for their happy as well. We'll learn all about a fearless mindset, internal locus of control and resilience, what those words mean, why they're important for us to understand and how to equip our kids with all of them. We'll talk about laughter, of course, as well. It is our theme verse after all. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. In today's episode, we're talking about resourcefulness and self-control, what it is, why our kids need it, and how we can help them build it. Our goal is resilient, competent, independent adults, but it takes work to get there. And today we're tackling two important, important skills our kids need to learn. Hey guys, this is Julie Richard. So glad you are joining us for the Fearless Mom podcast today. We are talking about resourcefulness what it means, why our kids need it, and how we can help them build it into their lives. Before we start, let's pray, and we're going to dive right in. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the gift of technology, the gift of motherhood, the gift of community. Thank you for your word that reminds us that you are the one true God, and that you are almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, and always in control. Thank you for reminding us that you have called us to this great task, this great responsibility. And we rest in that assurance that when you call us to it, you'll equip us for it. And we are grateful that we can lean in and lean on you. Guide us as we follow you to be the moms that we are created and called to be, to raise up these kids to become who you've created and called them to be. Settle our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears so we can see and hear what you want us to learn today. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about locus of control and what that is. And we've been talking about mindset and how important that is to everything we do. Mindset being not just what you think about one thing, but how you think about everything. And the beauty of mindset is that we get to choose our mindset. Scripture says we can change the way we think. Don't be conformed to the world, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. And we know that we can choose a fearless mindset. Fearless mindset being the growth mindset, and the God mindset combined. And then we talked a lot in the last episode about locus of control. What is our belief system? What is our mindset about locus of control? Is it an external locus of control or an internal locus of control? External meaning life happens to us. Internal means that 
I am in control of a lot. I can change my, I make life happen. And so it's a continuum. And we certainly have situations and circumstances where we feel and we are um, acting more out of an external or an internal locus of control. But Dr. Julian Rotter's research shows that kids and students, this is a study done from the 50s and 60s, that kids and students who have an internal locus of control perform better, experience more fulfillment, they are more successful in life, they take better care of their health, their careers, and their families. So with that research in mind, we know that we want to help our kids build an internal locus of control. Fearless mindset, internal locus of control, super important if we're going to raise up resilient, competent, independent adult kids. And that's what we are doing. So we have talked a lot about little changes in our vocabulary, like using the word choose. I am choosing to do this. We want to teach our kids the power of choice, that they always have a choice. They can't control everything, but they can always control how they approach and respond to every situation and circumstance. And so we want to really use that word a lot. You're choosing to you know, behave, you're choosing to disobey, whatever it is, we want to build that vocabulary into them. And then also the power of change and letting them know, empowering them with the truth that life can get better. That's that internal locus of control. You know what? There are choices I can make and actions I can take to improve my life, to impact the outcome of this situation. We can't control everything but we can always control how we approach and respond to it. So we're going to add to that today, add to our tool belt, add to our kids' tool belt. So we're going to talk about resourcefulness. I mentioned it in the last episode, but it's so important that I want to spend a little more time on it. It is part of teaching our kids to embrace the responsibility. And we know that As we've said, we quoted Andy Andrews, and when we teach our kids to embrace responsibility, this actually gives them hope and control. Embracing responsibility really builds and feeds that internal locus of control. And so we want to talk a little bit about resourcefulness and how that is tied to locus of control, mindset, and responsibility. So what is resourcefulness? Resourcefulness simply means the ability to find ways to overcome difficulties and solve problems. So the ability to find ways to overcome difficulties and solve problems. And we've said before, if our kids are going to learn how to overcome difficulties, they're going to have to experience difficulties. And if they're going to have to learn to solve problems, then they're going to have to experience problems. And that is very uncomfortable for us as moms. So if watching your child struggle is hard for you, you're not alone. You're actually very normal. It actually should bother you. Our reflex is to protect, but we remember that our responsibility is to prepare. And so I may want to step in, I may want to jump in and complete the task for them, solve the problem for them, help them jump that hurdle for them. But I know that resourcefulness and their own ability 
to find ways to overcome difficulties and solve problems themselves. That's the key. Resourcefulness is they can overcome difficulty and solve problems themselves. We want to push them toward that independence in an age-appropriate and encouraging way. So when I talk about allowing our kids to do any task independently that they can, teaching them is a process. We want to go through the show them, help them, watch them, let them process. It's a shawl. That's what I that's how I remember it. S H W L. So a covering over them, protecting them, but moving toward independence. So show them, help them, watch them, let them. So when we talk about you know, life skills they can do on their own, tasks they can complete by themselves, helping them develop resourcefulness on their own. It's a process. We don't just toss them into the wild and say, you got this, figure it out. And to be sure, there are some children that love this process, that embrace the struggle, that want to do it on their own immediately. And they never have to be pushed out of the nest, if you will. They they just grab hold of new tasks. They love new. They love change. They love, um, you know, doing it on their own, even if it takes them longer. And then there are others that don't love it as much. They are resistant to new or change or difficulty or struggle. And there's not a right or wrong. We just have to recognize the differences in our children and lead them to that independence slowly and with patience. Our responsibility is to provide opportunity, time, and space for our kids to develop resourcefulness, to develop that ability to overcome difficulty and solve problems on their own. And if we're hurry, guys, it is way harder. So I'm going to flash back real quick to ASAP and talk about the importance of living life as simple as possible, particularly when it comes to schedule. When it comes to schedule and you're always in a hurry, you're less likely to allow and provide the space and time for kids to do things on their own. Because FYI, it's going to take a lot longer. And will likely make a mess the first few times if you're talking about a kid um, learning to, you know, make their own cereal bowl or pour their own milk or pour their own juice or fix their own water bottle. It's going to be messy. It's going to take longer. And so choosing, all right, I'm going to make the decision to intentionally provide opportunity, time, and space for my child to build resourcefulness, for my child to build independence. That is an intentional choice that we have to choose all the time. I'm constantly reminding myself of that as a mom. This is important, and so I'm going to put the time in here because I know that I want to raise up resilient, competent, independent kids. And why? Because we want confident kids. We're talking about owning your happy. And owning your happy is, you know, embracing the responsibility to make room for happy whenever you can. It's about re- embracing the responsibility for owning your own happiness. And that is independence and confidence. And so what do we say about doing basic tasks independently? Independence builds competence. Competence builds confidence. Independence builds competence and competence builds confidence. 
and independence and competence require extra opportunity, time, and space, and an awareness on the part of the mom. But it's so important. And so we want to teach our kids that resourcefulness by giving them opportunities, time, and space, and by allowing them to experience the positive and negative consequences of their choices and their actions. And again, we go back to our guardrails. I've called them our, you know, foundational truths of fearless mom. I must get comfortable with my child being uncomfortable. I must separate my child's identity from my own, and I must put my child's needs above my wants. And those three are very important when we talk about helping our kids build resourcefulness, helping them develop resourcefulness. We recognize every child is unique and some drift toward this on their own, but we know that every child needs it. And so we're going to give them the opportunity, the time, and space to develop that. And so I want to read Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him, meaning God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, his power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I want us to cling to that verse because allowing our kids to struggle, allowing our kids to develop resourcefulness, allowing our kids to solve problems and overcome difficulties on their own is hard. And we're just going to recognize that together right now. But we know that it is necessary. Struggle is not just opportunity for growth, but struggle is a necessity for growth. We're not going to step in all the time. We can cheer from the sidelines. They know we're with them. They know we're for them. But we want to cheer on the struggle, not just the end result. We want to cheer on the struggle as part of it. In a minute, we're going to come back because in addition to resourcefulness, there's something else that is equally as important as we pass the baton of responsibility. We want to give a special shout out to all of you who are part of Fearless Mom Groups. We have fearless mom groups that meet in homes with just a handful of moms, and we have others up to 100 or 200 moms that meet in churches. If you're interested in starting a fearless mom group in your area, we'd love to help you get started. Just shoot us an email at info at fearlessmom.com. That's I-N-F-O, info at fearlessmom.com. And we'd love to help you get started. Or maybe... You're already part of a mom group, but you'd like to use the Fearless Mom curriculum. We can help you with that too. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you get started today. Thanks for helping us help as many moms as possible to enjoy this thing called motherhood. Okay, as we talk about mindset and locus of control, today we're talking about resourcefulness and The next one is something that impacts all of them. We're talking about self-control, self-discipline. Self-control, obviously, is the development of the prefrontal cortex. We talk about that all the time in Fearless Mom. You've heard me say it before. I believe truly with all of my heart that self-control is mission-critical 
for every single thing. I truly believe that. Self-control is that owning the space between thought and action, between feeling and behavior. And so if we want kids who understand how to manage their feelings, who can identify, process, and express their feelings in a healthy and productive way, then that involves self-control. If we want kids who develop resourcefulness, that means that they hit difficulty, they may feel frustrated, they may feel angry, they may feel embarrassed, they may feel disappointed, but they push through and overcome. Why? Because they have the self-control, they're owning that space, they recognize their feelings, they identify, process, express, and they push through in a healthy and productive way. If they're going to solve problems, they're going to identify that frustration Again, the anger, maybe the disappointment, the hurt, the sadness, whatever the unfun feeling is, they're going to be able to identify it and process it and express it in a healthy and productive way and then push forward to solve the problem. And so we know that self-control is mission critical. If we're going to, next episode, we're going to talk about grit and resilience. Self-control is necessary for developing grit. So what's your mindset about self-control? Moms, we all know that some kids naturally have more self-control than others. I think, you know, maybe you didn't have to teach this child this, or maybe this child is taking a lot longer to get his impulses under control. We teach kids, we allow for developmental differences when it comes to reading and math, and we just need to apply that to behavior, Because we give kids extra time in all of these other subjects that we teach, all these other skills that we teach, whether it is an athletic endeavor or an academic endeavor, whatever it is. Well, we want to give the same space, the same time, um, the same opportunity to develop self-control, to develop that impulse control and emotional regulation. We recognize each child is unique. And if you have a child that's super passionate, super expressive, feels things very deeply, celebrate that. We don't want to change that. We just want to channel that passion, channel that intensity. I say that all the time. If you have heard me talk about SWB, strong-willed blessings, and you've heard me say we don't want to change them, we just want to channel it. Emily was definitely textbook SWB, strong-willed blessing, because that strength is a blessing. It just takes a little more intentionality and effort on the parents' parts to channel that intensity and passion. And so I tell the story often, and you know, pardon me if you've heard it before, but Emily had an imaginary husband when she was three, and his name was Michael. And I believe it's from, I think there was a guy on Barney named Michael. I'm assuming that's why she chose that name. Anyway, so Michael, her imaginary husband, had very strong feelings about Emily's attire, what outfit she would wear, what shoes she would wear. Yes, I just need everybody to know if I had been a preschool teacher and I had a child who had an imaginary husband like this, of course, my assumption would be, well, this is obviously how her mother talks to her father. I want y'all to know that this is not the case. Sometimes kids come up with these things on their own. So it is a very humbling thing when your child is yelling at her imaginary husband. And I am sure the assumption was that that is how I talked to Mac. Please believe me that I did not. And I I need you to give me some extra grace there. But anyway, so Emily, we were shopping for her Easter shoes. She was three years old and 
I obviously had chosen some white sandals to go with the, I'm sure it's not dress that she was going to wear. And so we're in this tiny little shop. It felt like it was, you know, 10 square feet when the tantrum was happening, but it was a regular size. And Emily was working with a young lady. And I said, we'd like to try these shoes on. And Emily pointed to the rainbow sequin um, sandals and said, Michael likes these. And I said, you know, we're not going to get those. We're going to get these white sandals. And Emily just, I mean, kicked it up 10 notches and screamed at the top of her lungs, you know, Michael doesn't like white sandals. To which I reply, yes, I matched her not my finest parenting moment. And I said, Michael doesn't make decisions in our family. And the young girl helping us said, who is Michael? And yes, I had to tell her that is my three-year-old's imaginary husband. Well, Emily did eventually get the white sandals. I stood my ground and we got the white sandals. Actually, I left the store. I think I went back and got the white sandals. So let's fast forward. I'm going to say, let's fast forward three to five years. I vividly remember being in Academy and Emily had wanted gray New Balance because all the big kids at church, the high school kids, the college kids, they were all wearing gray New Balance. And she tried some on in the store. And I told her, I said, Emily, I know you love these shoes, but they are too big for you. They don't fit your foot. They're too wide. And I look over, I've moved on to helping Joe with a pair of shoes. And I look over and Emily is sitting on the ground against the wall with her knees pulled up toward her and her head down. And I look over and she is crying, but quietly and by herself. And I went over to her and I said, Emily, I know that you are sad about the shoes. And I want to tell you that I noticed that you're not yelling or crying or screaming, that you are really, really trying hard to practice self-control. And that is the difference several years make, several years of really working on my discipline to help shift to her self-discipline. So when she would have a tantrum, I would say, I see that you're upset. I validate the feeling. And then I separate the feeling from the behavior. I see that you're upset. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be um, hurt. But how you express it matters. It's not appropriate to yell and scream at mom. And then we would give consequences. So over and over and over again, we did this. And so over time, Emily developed self-control, self-discipline. That's our goal, guys, that we discipline in an effort to move to self-discipline. We gradually pass that baton of responsibility. I am teaching her appropriate behavior in an effort for her to eventually learn and control that and regulate her emotions herself. It takes a lot of time and sometimes with some kids, a little more time, but that's our job. That's our privilege, our responsibility. My responsibility is to gradually but intentionally pass the baton of responsibility And we do that with tasks and skills when we're helping them develop resourcefulness. And we do that when it comes to feelings and emotions, when we are passing the baton of self-control. 
we validate the feeling, then we separate the feeling from the behavior, and then we educate them about how to identify, process, and express that feeling in a healthy and productive way. We are embracing our responsibility to teach them. And true, these kids do not At six years old, I'm not going to expect the same level of self-control and emotional regulation that I am at 26, but it's a gradual learning. I want you to think a little bit about how your child learned to talk. First, it was just maybe mama or dada, but we reinforce it. Yes, we repeat it. If they say it, Um, If they get even close, we cheer them on. If they say something that sounds a little bit close, we'll say it correctly and we'll coach them and teach them and we direct them toward the correct way because we know that speech is developed gradually. We do the same with math skills. We do the same with reading skills. We start by identifying numbers. We then move to adding and subtracting and multiplication and it gets more complex as they go. But we start with baby steps and move toward more complex, more independence. We do that with skills around the house. I didn't tell my one-year-old, hey, please go clean the kitchen table. Nope. We started gradually. Here are some things you can help put in the dishwasher, or here are some things you can help put away at 18 months, at two years, and then eventually give a little bit more responsibility at a time. And so we're going to do the same thing. We're going to have the same expectations with developing self-control, teaching them a little bit along the way. Do I expect perfection? Absolutely not. Guys, I don't have perfection when it comes to self-control. I'm still developing it, but I don't lower the bar. The goal is that we embrace the self-control that God gives us. We know from the scripture that God did not give us a spirit of timidity and fear, but one of power and love and self-control. So we know that God will give us the self-control that we need. That's 2 Timothy 1, 7. We also know that we want our kids to embrace the responsibility for their own conduct because they've been given that responsibility gradually. Galatians 6, 4, and 5, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So as we pass a baton of responsibility with skills and solving problems and overcoming difficulties, That's resourcefulness. It's gradually a little bit along the way. When we help our kids build self-control, it's gradually a little bit along the way. But we embrace our responsibility to provide intentionally opportunity, time, and space for our kids to develop resourcefulness and self-control. Life gets busy. Life moves fast. And so unless we are intentional about it, You know, it may not happen, but if we set our minds to it, guys, I am stubborn. I am stubborn. I think being stubborn is a good thing as long as you're stubborn about the right things. And so I'm going to embrace that responsibility to be vigilant about our intake, our calendar in our environment, as we mentioned with ASAP. I'm going to simplify our lives as much as possible because I know that For me to do my best, to set my kids up for their best, I must provide opportunity, time, and space for them to develop resourcefulness and self-control. You're not going to drift that way. 
But if you're intentional, you can look for opportunities and create and make the time and space for them to do it. We're all in this together and God will give us what we need. His power is at work within us. That's what we read from Ephesians 3. And that's the truth that we embrace. Remember, you're not alone. We're all in this together. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fearless Mom Podcast. Through every conversation, every practical tool, and every moment we can point a mom to hope, we are so honored and grateful to share it with you. And if you're loving these conversations, let your friends know. Tell them about the Fearless Mom Podcast. It's the best way for moms to find out about our show. Also, we'd love it if you'd share a review or maybe leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on Instagram at fearless underscore mom to stay up to date on all things Fearless Mom on all news and all events. We'll see you next time. And remember, Mom, you're not alone. We're all in this together.